good morning. Hey, I said good morning. Or you want me to say praise the Lord? You like my suit? I don't like wearing suits, you know. But today happens to be my 35th wedding anniversary, so I decided to look a little different. Hallelujah. Well, welcome back home, those of you who have been struggling with exams for the past few weeks. Especially the BEC guys who just finished. Let me see, just wave to me, those who just finished BEC. Your first major exams. Some of you are dancing as if you never write exams again. There are more exams ahead. But we praise God for how far that is uh, brought to you. And then for SHS graduates to, uh, it's another phase of life. I hope you did your best. And uh, let's trust God for the rest. I strongly want to recommend that you use your time wisely in the next two months while you're at home. Okay, some of you made silly mistakes while you're in school. Try and correct some of them. Make the best use of your time. Don't while away your time doing silly things. Don't follow friends doing things which are not helpful, which will not um, aid your future. We have lined up a number of programs for you. If I were you, I would, I would really invest my time in these programs. You have no idea the impact of these programs on people. I remember my son when he was uh, in Teen Chapel. They gave him a nickname. You know, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Because every day he was in church. Like some of you. It's the, it's the best way to use your time. When you're when you here, you, you shield yourself against all kinds of things that happen around. Okay. So, avail yourself. Even if your parents are giving you trouble. They give you trouble because you yourself have given them trouble. Okay. So, Prove to them that you are a different person. Prove to let them know that you want to make something out of your life. If you're having challenges with some of them, the facilities are available to help you talk to them so that they can release you. And when they release you, please get involved in what you do. Some of you, your parents release you, then care of all night. Then you go and do your all night, all night at some places. Mm. We have heard of stories like that in Teen Chapel. And sometimes it can be very embarrassing when we trust you and we are spoken on your behalf only for you to betray our trust. Well, for those of you who have been away, we started a series which will end at the end of the year on um, spiritual growth and discipleship. And the past couple of months, we've been talking about spiritual growth and we shall continue to talk about spiritual growth into camp, and then after camp, we'll begin to talk about discipleship. Let me see how many of you listened to Uncle Bethmore's message last week on podcast. Ah, you people. I see. If you mean that I wasn't here last week, I've listened to it about four and a half times. The half time I was listening to it and I fell asleep. And then I woke up and it was still on and I, I finished with the end. How many of you are aware that we have a podcast, Teach Up, we have a podcast? Or how many of you are not aware? Okay. How many of you do not have access to the podcast? 
just a few of you. So the rest of you, why? Why don't you listen? It is compulsory. Okay, because some of these series will be doing Bible studies and we're having a discussion session. And if you haven't listened to the messages over and over again, written down your own notes, written down your questions that you'd want to ask and discuss, you know, listen, messages alone do not really help you. Just how your, how your quiet time alone cannot help you. God designs all kinds of programs and every little program that he designs for you is to aid you in growing spiritually. Okay, so we encourage you to not to miss the podcast. Every Sunday, listen to it at least two times before the next Sunday. You all, most of you were in church last Sunday. <coughs> if I ask you to summarize what Uncle Bedmore said right now, there will be trouble. I know. Because after Sunday, <coughs> after Sunday, some of you forgot that he even preached. What was the title of his sermon? And what does it mean? What did you learn from it? I'm asking you questions and I expect answers. What questions do you have that were not answered? You look at my face. What notes did you write? Should I come out to inspect your notes? So get your notes ready. I want to come and see what you wrote. Who did you write notes? So you all wrote notes. So when I come, come to you, no excuse. Who did you write notes? If you know you didn't write notes, please stand up. If you know you didn't write, because I'm coming to inspect notes. Okay, thank you for being honest. Take your seat. Auntie, Auntie uh, Jifa, please, can you give him a chocolate for me from the fathers? Oh, it's finished. Please, uh, what's your name? Nanaya, please give Nanaya a, a pack of chocolate for me. For being honest and bold and standing out. No chocolate for you. <laughs> All right, we want to... Today, I'll not really be preaching. I'll be sharing a few scriptures with you. Uh, but what I'll try to do is I'll try to summarize what we've been talking about over the past few weeks and emphasize on one or two things about what Uncle Bethman preached last week. But before we enter into the word, I want us to take this song and take it as a prayer as we prepare ourselves for the word. You may not know the song, It Doesn't Matter, you may not know the harmony, it doesn't matter, you may not know the lyrics, but just follow the lyrics and make this your heart desire. What's happening? Let it be your heart desire and prayer as we prepare ourselves. And I don't want anybody to absent-minded. I want you to focus. Okay. My screen is off.
Today we seem to be having plenty of Wahala with projection. with Mark 
Father, I pray that you open our eyes to catch a glimpse of your glory. May our desire be that we'll see Jesus. We pray in that precious name. Amen. Well, for the next few weeks, we'll be doing a series on spiritual growth and uh, discipleship, and I'll be speaking on what I've titled, Wise Youth Seek Jesus. Wise Youth Seek Jesus. And this morning, I'll attempt to do an introduction. Um, if you are interested in a title, maybe we can give this as a title. Uh, what are you killing? And what are you sowing? What are you killing and what are you sowing? There are two words that we use as Christians and we often take them for granted because we never fully grasp the meaning of the two words. The first one is holy. When we talk about the holiness of of God. And the second one is glory. Throughout this week, I've been meditating on this song, and um, I've played it at least 50 times. This morning, I woke up at dawn, and um, from about 2 o'clock, I just kept repeating the song. 
Later when I wanted to do my quarter, any try to I try to do anything, the song just springs up again. And I've been thinking about these two key words, holy and glory. And I pray that God will open our minds to understand. You see, the angels in heaven understand the holiness of God. In fact, they are so captivated by the holiness of God that they cannot do anything else but sing about his holiness. And for those of us on earth, we find we think this can be very boring. Corey says, have you ever thought about it before? In Revelation, the 24 elders and the host of heaven, when they raise up their head and they see the beauty and the majesty of Jesus Christ on his throne, they just bow down. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. They rise up, they see again, another glory. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. What kind of boring song is that? Boring from human terms because we cannot grasp what it means, the holiness of God. Pray that God will give us a revelation of what he means when he says, I, the Lord, your God, I am holy. And that is what he's trying to make us. We have been made righteous through Christ and we are asked to put on the righteousness of Christ. And we are going through a process called sanctification where we are being made holy. You see, we are holy. We are positionally holy in Christ. And we are going through a process where we are being made holy. That's why we're talking about putting to death. Dead men. Dead men but living. Dead men living. And we'll be saying some hard things in the next couple of weeks. A lot of things must be put to death in our lives. We are going through a process where he causes us to kill things in our lives that become more and more like Jesus. We walk more and more into his glory as we behold him, as we see him in his word, as we believe him, as we do what he asks us to do. We have been transformed from one level of glory to another level of glory. Then like the angels, you know, as we see and understand one level of his holiness, we just bow and say, holy, holy is the Lord. When you wake up in the morning and sing a song about God's holiness, you do it with meaning because you are understanding, catching a revelation of what it means to be holy. When we talk about the glory of God, you see, that is where God is taking us. Into his glory. Look, the glory of God is so, is so it involves his majesty, his power, his, 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 his greatness, his majesty, and a lot more than that. Jesus showed the three disciples a little bit about his glory on the Mount of Transfiguration. Do you realize that on the Mount of Transfiguration, there was no breakthrough 
There was no anointing. There was no laying on of hands. Yet the apostles saw the glory of God and they said, no, we are not living here. Peter said, we want to stay here. When you catch that glory, when you see it, you are engulfed by it. You are encapsulated by it. You don't want to leave that presence. It's a little bit of that that we experience at camp. Do you know why you don't want to leave camp? Because God shows us a little bit of, and it's just a little. It's so beautiful. I was going to say it's so glorious because I cannot get a better way to describe it. It catches your attention and you just want to stay in it. You, you have a sense of feeling that there's nothing that you cannot do in this world. And that is what happens when you walk in his glory. You, you are extra confident in him that there's nothing that can stop you. We're talking about the glory of God. The glory of God is when like um, Shadrach and his friends, you are thrown into fire. And the chains that bound will just come off. And it's like you are walking in air condition. What, can you imagine walking in fire? Because the presence of God was there. The fire was still hot. Nothing changed about the fire. It's not the same fire that burned the people who tried to throw them in. But the glory of God immunes you from the heat of that fire. Economic times are tough. Making money appears to be difficult. But when you walk in his glory, it's as if you are exempted from the forces that are affecting other people. You see, you, you, don't, you don't learn to catch his glory. That's why some of you cheat in exams. Because you, you tell yourself, hey, Charlie, if I don't do it and everybody's doing it, and everybody's getting high marks, my marks will be such, so low that I'll not pass. But who, te- who told you that? But the reality of life, you see, when you come to, into the real world, when you come to face the real world, everything is available. All the apport is available. It's how you use the apport to solve problems that determines what you become in life. Rana, I know it will, not, it will make sense to you because all your friends are doing it. Even your teachers are asking you to do it. They are encouraging you, they are pushing you, and you feel that, hey, Charlie, if I don't, I'll be the only one left out. You will not. Let's learn to work towards his glory. The Bible says that Christ in you, the hope of glory. If we can learn to enter his glory, we live in the supernatural. Well, we've been talking about... um, the need to grow spiritually. 
And we said, you see, when you grow, my sound is changing. When you grow, you will die. Because physically, when you grow, you get to a certain level and you have to die. You, you will die. That is, that is uh, the law of nature. Nobody grows forever. No animal grows forever. No tree lives forever. Every living thing grows. It's a cycle. You get to a certain stage and you die. But we also know that living things, when they are not growing, they are dying. It appears a paradox. But we need to grow. No human being gives birth to a baby and the baby doesn't grow and they don't care. Because as a baby, after a while, your people who are older than you, I expect, I expect you to become some way or to do certain things. And if you are not, they are concerned. In the same way in the church, you know, when you have been around for some time, we expect you to become a certain type of Christian. We expect you to live in a certain way. We expect you to do certain things. And when you don't do it, we are concerned. Especially when you even start dying. And that's why Paul says to the Galatians in Galatians 5, chapter 4, verse 19, that my little children of whom I travail again, that Christ will form you. God wants to form himself in us. And it takes time and we need to cooperate with him. We also need to labor, struggle, that Christ will be formed in us. That will learn to move one step at a time into his glory. We talk about the first stage of um, our spiritual growth, which is the stage where we live without Christ. Christ is not in our lives. And all of us at one stage or the other have been like that. The Bible says that we are under the control of the devil. We are like all other people without Christ, living under the spirit of rebellion, disobedience. And that is why we do the kind of stuff that we used to do. Unfortunately, when we enter the second phase of spiritual growth, that is the new birth, which is something very spiritual that don't fully grasp in totality because it's spiritual. We are born again by the Spirit of God. We are born again by the will of God, but we are born into spiritual babies, and we need to grow up. And when we don't grow up, we don't understand the dimensions and the reality of the spiritual life. And we start getting frustrated. And we start behaving just like people who are not born again. It gets to a stage where we begin to ask ourselves, are we born again? In the past two, three weeks, I've had several people ask me the same kind of question. Because some of the things we are talking about, they are hard stuff. If you don't think that they are hard stuff, then there's something wrong with you. Because we know that what we are telling you is hard. You see that you cannot scream. Nobody say hello. Oh, I'm not saying you should scream. But you see, such, such words, when you hear them, you cannot shout. Because I didn't, I will woe. I mean, it is choking you. And you know it's choking you. And you know it is the truth. And sometimes you wonder, so what is wrong with me? And there's a kind of question a lot of people have asked me. You are struggling with certain things and you wonder, ah, so can I ever make it as a Christian? Can I ever achieve the, the kind of life people are talking about? Why do I still struggle with fornication? Why do I still struggle with my homos? Why do I still struggle with these things? That is why we are talking about spiritual growth. 
There's nothing wrong when you feel this way, when you feel adequate. When you begin to feel this way, then you become a candidate for God's grace. But when you think that you are okay, we preach to you, but you think you are okay, you will remain in that state and you will continue dying. And you will not be a spiritual person. And we encourage you not to be just be baby Christians. Learn to grow up. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, it talks about being established in Christ, being rooted in the word, being grounded in him. It means that there are some foundations that need to be well laid. And these foundations are laid when we read the word of God, when you obey the word of God, when you come to prayer meeting, you come to church, not when you come to church because your friends are in church today and for the next three weeks we will not see you again. <coughs> and all of a sudden you show up again and then some of you hear about graduation for two months, you haven't seen you, you hear that we are graduating next week, then you can oh, also want to graduate. That is not the life. When you do that, you will not be grounded in Christ. You learn what it means to love as a Christian. You learn what it means to live by faith. You learn why you need to put some things in your life to death. You have to put them to death. Nobody will do it for you. You have to learn how to be dead and yet live. Paul says, I have crucified myself. You have to Nobody can crucify you for yourself. You have to crucify yourself by choice and by faith. And he says, the life that I now live, I live it by faith. The old life is dead. It must stay in the grave. It must stay buried. The life I now live, I live it by faith in the Son of Man who died for me, who took my place and died for me. It's not easy. The Christian life is not just about anointing oil. It's not just about receiving. You shall be well. You shall be the head. And all that. Hey, it takes pain and travail and struggle to be the head. Even though it doesn't written in the word. You don't just automatically become the head. And the, the, third, the, the fourth stage is when you become matured in Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, verse, from verse 13. And we are told that we receive spiritual gifts and um, other packages so that we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. First of all, it talks about unity of faith. Unity of faith. And then it talks about the knowledge of the Son of God, the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And then it talks about growing into mature manhood, adulthood, being matured to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You see, there are different categories. It's talking about maturity, but it's describing maturity from a multifaceted angle. It's not just growing the gifts. Some of you, you like spiritual gifts. Intercessors, you did it. Some of you are seeking for power. It is good to seek for power. But don't just seek for power. We encourage you to pray in tongues and learn to pray in tongues for long. Oh, yes, it's good. Travel in prayer. Learn to kabo for long, as long as you can. Build capacity. Build yourself up. But that alone will not make you mature. We encourage you to read the word. Read the Bible. Read long chunks of the word. It's very good. But that alone will not make you mature. You need to spend time when you take just one verse and meditate on the verse. Focus on the verse. Let God give you revelation. Spend time to do your quiet time. Hear God's voice for yourself. 
Listen to podcasts. Listen to mess- when a message hits you. Listen to it again and again and again and again and again until you cut the spirit of the message. All these things help you to grow in faith. And in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, you become a man. And a ma- not just a man, but a matured man. I'm not talking of man, talking of man as a human being. I'm talking of man in, in the, uh, multi-gender. You become matured. And you come to the stature of the measure of the standard of Jesus Christ. That is the standard God, that God is bringing us to. Not Teen Chapel standard. Not your own standard. But God's standard. That is maturity in Christ. And as you become matured in Christ... The next level is another level where you work in the house of God. Verse 16. From whom all the body fitly joined together and compacted that which every joint supplied according to the effectual working in the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. You see, the, the ultimate aim for God in the church for giving us the spiritual gifts for making us speak in tongues, for making us experience his power. And I pray that nobody will avoid fasting this, this time. Amen. No matter how short it is, determine to do it and be consistent. Don't fast for one day and when you get tired, you wait after three days, you come back again. You know, be consistent. If you are fasting one hour, fast one hour the 40 days. And don't be lazy. When you fast the one hour, increase the one hour to one hour 30 minutes and that's two hours. And when you get to two hours, don't come back to one hour. Keep building capacity. Challenge yourself. You see, it's another exercise in our Christian life that helps us to build capacity for tomorrow. I'm not preaching about fasting today, and I'm not talking, really talking about fasting. But I want to encourage you, don't, unless you have serious medical reasons why you should not, and the doctor says don't, then don't. But even that, in your own way, fast some things. Fast TV. Go off your phone. Spend time with God. Don't wonder, doctor cannot prescribe anything against that. There's no reason why you cannot go off your phone so you can meditate on God for these 40 days. Do something different. Make time to get closer to God. And the Bible says, you see, when we are serving, when everybody is playing his part, whatever you do, if you are doing it well, it results in increase in the church. And that's what we've been talking about for the past months. Increasing the capacity of the church. That will be multiplication and explosion. God did not get you born again so that you go to heaven. If that was the case, there's no need to continue staying on earth when you are born again. As soon as you are born again, oh yeah, it transports you. And if it transports you, those who are not born again, who is going to get them to get born again? That is why we are here. And we must play that role. Our lives must be a witness. Our speech must be a witness. Our conduct must be a witness. But let others know that Jesus Christ is the way. He is the only Savior. And when we do this with meaning and with power, and we can only do it meaningfully and with power if we are living right, if you are walking in holiness, if you are putting to death certain things in our life. And we are going to talk about a lot of things that we need to put to death. There are lots of things in scripture. And we'll take them one after the other. So when we don't talk about it, you don't think that you are free. The Holy Spirit, 
even when we don't talk, you know what the Holy Spirit is talking to you about. But if you are not bringing increase in the kingdom, there's something not right in your life. You must be telling others about Jesus Christ. Your life must be telling them. If your life is not telling them and your speech is not telling them, why are you living on the earth? You are wasting God's resources. People look at you and they don't want to come to church. Yours is even worse. The Bible says that we, it must bring about, it must result in increase, multiplication. So these are the five levels of spiritual growth that we've been talking about. So my question again to you this morning, my question to all of us, what are you killing and what are you sowing? Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that also he will reap. For he who sows to the flesh, of the flesh shall reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit, of the spirit shall reap everlasting life. It's a simple spiritual principle. What you sow is what you reap. You cannot sow corn and go and reap cassava. It doesn't happen. If you start boiling rice on a stove, don't expect to go and see fufu when you go and open the lid. It doesn't happen. What you sow is what you reap. And many of us are going to sow ace. I said, so many of us are going to reap ace. And many of us will reap once. I'm not making a declaration. I'm making a statement of fact. Because we sowed into the A. And some of us are cheating our way into the A. Your sin will find you out. Better repent quickly and ask God to forgive you so you can learn to grow spiritually and walk into his glory. You see, there are some of these things that we do that blocks certain spiritual blessings from our lives that we don't realize. You don't realize it now. You only realize it many years after. But take it from me. I have worked in this world long enough to know. Romans 8 verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. You see, the Bible is saying that we don't owe the flesh anything. This body, the old nature, we don't owe it. So we must put it to death. Don't follow his desires. If those homos are driving you to go and touch the lady, put it to death. Don't say, there's nothing I can do. The, the, the feeling is, 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 is wild. Which word? Put that thing to death. You see, when I was young, when I was baptized in the method in the Presbyterian church, this is the verse I was given, Romans 8, verse 14. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And I used to like the verse. And even after I got born again, I still like that verse. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And we, we, we pride ourselves in the fact that we are being led by the Spirit of God. Really? If you are being led by the Spirit of God, you cheat in exams. If you are being led by the Spirit of God, 
You won't do some of those things you do with the girls in the dark. Some of those things that you do at parties with the guys, you won't do it. It means that you are not being led in those times. You see, if you look at the verses which come before this scripture, it says that you don't owe the flesh anything. If you sow out to the flesh, you will die. If you live, you will die. But if you die, you will live. That's why it says, if you, if you sow according to the spirit, you reap eternal life. When you do these things, when you put to death the things that are not of the, the new nature, the things which are of the old nature, then the scripture says that you are led by the spirit of God. And those who are led by the spirit of God, they are the children of God. Put in another way, the children of God put to death the things of the flesh. They sow in the spirit and are led by the spirit of God. That's what it means to walk by the Spirit and to live in the Spirit and growing in His glory. The Message Bible puts it this way. So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent? There's nothing in it for us. Nothing at all. The best thing to do is give, to a dis- to give it a decent burial and get on with a new life uh, that God's Spirit beckons. Bury the stuff. Bury the feelings. Let it stay in the grave. Put concrete on it. And sow to the new life. Sow to the spirit. And walk in glory. You have no business with it. You see, otherwise, when you finally get married, and you finally have the legal right you have the moral right. You have the biblical right to touch your wife and allow your wife to touch you and to do things which I've been told that you should not be doing. You, 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 you will enjoy it if you are going to ask Uncle Bethmond. Or go and ask Auntie Daphina. But listen, when you walk, when you are born again and you walk according to the flesh and you do these things that you are not supposed to be doing, I guarantee you, though you are born again, you are becoming a slave to the devil. The Bible says, whoever you, be, you obey, his slave you become. Some of you do not take one year and you'll be heading towards divorce. I'm talking from my experience with people and talking from my experience with lawyers. Uncle, Uncle Desmond is not here. But he was sharing a story with me yesterday about a friend of his that... In fact, that is why he's... he's you know, he, those of you who are in the first... He's not here now. I cannot give you more details. It's all right. But that's why he's not here. He's going to handle some divorce case. He's not an old person. He's friend. When you sow to the flesh, just take it from us. Thirty-five years of marriage are still going. I never knew it would happen. It's not me that I've done. It's the grace of God. But I had to cooperate with the grace of God. Because I can tell you, look, 
there, was, there are several reasons why my, my relationship should have ended up in divorce. You can ask the facilitators, oh no, I've shared some of them with them. When you do the right thing at the wrong time, it will catch up with you. So why is up? Look, there's time for look this. Uh, we will get them when we start talking about our hormones and all the related issues. When we start talking about putting to death those things of the flesh. So let's move on. Romans chapter twelve. Romans chapter twelve. Most Bibles that use subtitles subtitle this passage of scripture the fruitful grain of wheat. The fruitful grain of wheat. In other words, the grain that we talked about earlier on, unless it dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it sprouts out and produces many. Your life is alone, but you must be fruitful. This passage really intrigues me a lot. In fact, the more I think about this passage, the more, I don't know, I get flabbergasted by the whole episode. The background to this, I was discussing with Uncle Bevo after the first service. The background to this was at a feast in Jerusalem. People had come and they have eaten, just like I had an intercessor's party yesterday. And he didn't invite me. But Uncle Bethmore invited me. You see, people had come to eat and to drink and to make merry. In the midst of drinking and eating and making merry. The Bible says some Greeks showed up and they came to meet Philip and they said, we want to see Jesus. What happened to them? In the midst of parade, they want to see Jesus. They had caught something. They had received a certain revelation. When people were eating and feasting, they wanted to see Jesus. Wise youth. They seek Jesus. So the Bible says, now there were certain Greeks among those who came to worship at the feast. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida of Galilee, and asked him, saying, Sir, we want to see Jesus. Surprisingly, people were eating and feasting, and somebody can, some people can't want to see Jesus. Yeah, oh, Jesus is over, they're going to see him. And then Philip too goes to see his friend Andrew. Andrew, Charlie, the people say they want to see Jesus. And then Andrew and Philip, they now go to Jesus and say, Jesus, some people are looking for you. It doesn't make sense. In the midst of, can you imagine youth week? We all have a, playing games or eating cake or doing whatever we are doing. Then somebody comes, I want to see Uncle Biju. So Uncle Biju, they go and see him. And then you go and tell your friend, Akos, ah, the man says he wants to see Uncle Biju. Then you and Akos, now you go, Uncle Biju, some people want to see you. It doesn't make sense, does it? Please don't go and quote me like the way the people misquoted their daughter out of bill. It, it doesn't appear logical. Just like how it does not appear logical when people are eating and feasting and worshipping. 
And then the group of people appear and say, we want to see Jesus. And when they meet Jesus, Jesus didn't tell them, okay, yeah, what's, what's the issue? What can I do for you? No. The Bible says, Jesus answered them saying, the hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. People have come to see you. And you are telling them the hour has come that the Son of Man must be glorified. I'm sure they put even more confused. But if they had come with the revelation that came that they wanted to see Jesus, do understand what Jesus was saying. Most assuredly, I say to you, the old King Jesus said, very, very, I say to you, that's very powerful. Of a truth, I tell you. Truly, truly, I tell you. It is established. It cannot be changed. It is the truth. Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit, much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. But he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If you live, you will die. But if you die, you will live. Dead men living. That is why you must, you must learn to put to death the things that need to be in the grave. And make sure they stay in the grave. That will be fruitful and will become multiples and increase in Christ in the lives of other people. And then he continues. If anyone says me, let him follow me. Where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, my father will honor him. Look, you cannot serve God and God will allow you to fail. But don't blame God when you fail because you're doing so right. But if you serve him, he gives you this guarantee. He will honor you. The father will honor you. It's a principle and a promise that God will not break. Service in the house. You see, you've been talking about service in the house, and some of us, it's like, okay, Sawa will do it, Sadi will do it, those people, they're all over the place. Let them go and serve there. We'll stay in the background. We'll just be, we are comfortable where we are. Don't be comfortable. We are going to make everyone so uncomfortable. This morning, I was telling the facilitators. I'm going to push every one of them out of their comfort zone. That is the way to grow. You cannot stay in this church and not belong to a department. And you cannot belong to a department and not work. We must serve God because we are going to force you to be honored by God. We are going to force you to receive miracles from God. That means you have to serve God and serve him with all your heart. Seek him with all your heart. See, look, when you go home, go and read the rest of the, the, the passage. And you understand how putting to death is related to serving God and is related to God honoring you. You cannot remain comfortable in church and God will honor you. Jesus then continues, now my soul is troubled. If you're not troubled about the kingdom, you are not troubled because your friend is not born again. Your parents are not born again. They are paying your school fees and you don't seem to care. 
Your cousins are not born again. You go to parties with them and you don't care. Jesus said, now my soul is troubled. You cannot stay in your comfort zone. You will not stay in your comfort zone. If you don't like these type of messages, you can leave this, you can leave this chapel. Because this is a trend that we are going to follow into camp. In camp, you are going to talk about soul winning. He that wins souls is wise. I pray that Teen Chapel, we shall be wise youth. We shall seek Jesus. We shall seek his glory. We shall seek his power. We shall seek his honor. And we shall seek to serve him. We shall seek to see him all the days of our lives. And we shall walk and live in his glory. Amen. Let's pray. If I live, I live for him. Should I die, I'll die for you. In all my ways, I am ever yours if I live I live for you in all my ways I am ever yours if I live I live for you if I live I live for you Should I die I'll die for you In all my ways I am ever yours If I live I live for you I choose to live for him. I choose to die for him. I choose to be a dead man. And I will live. I'll be a dead man living. I will live for his glory. I will live for his kingdom. I will live for his kingdom. I will not live for myself. I will live for him.
God is speaking to every one of us right now. He's showing us areas of our lives that we should, we should be dead but we are still living. Because we are enjoying it. We are enjoying the flesh. And he said, put to death the deeds of the flesh. Put off the old man. Put off that attitude. Put off that character. Bury it. Bury it. Bury the laziness. Bury the anger. Bury the disobedience. Bury the rebelliousness. You don't care about your parents. You don't honor them. You don't obey them. Bury it. That's how to live for Jesus. Don't sow according to the flesh. Put to death the deeds of the flesh. In all my ways, I am ever yours. If I live. That will behold his glory, that will see his holiness, and will desire to live for him. Lord, may we see Jesus. Open our eyes, Lord, that we may see Jesus. May we see Jesus. Teach up, may we see Jesus. Stop chasing after miracles and chase the giver of miracles. Chase and seek after the Lord of life. In Him is life, and without Him is no life. He's the real deal. He's the cool one. Open my eyes, Lord. I want to see Jesus. To reach out and touch him and tell him I love him. Open my eyes, Lord. I want to see Jesus. Open my eyes. Open my eyes, Lord. I want to see Jesus. To reach out and touch it. And tell him I love you. Open my eyes, I want to see Jesus Open my eyes I want to see Jesus Loredo zivra zikaro sakaria deshte kerere bosaha Lando zele basoza ariado zele beshete di adozara. 
Raduza lianda sada baata sato sekendele mashuli ada brazuza. Nigra dolo bosote dele ma asala la mashanda na maandai. Libruza lianda sabroka taida lo satara ma asanda na na maaya. Libruza la aire de kando sheriando zebra atala ma ando kelo bosete dele. Madulai de berida lo sada ma alanda shala aire adolo sada. Libra do salaba ato seria do saha. In this season of power, in this season of fasting, may we seek you, Lord. May we seek to see Jesus. May we seek you, Lord. Our strength 
Your glory, Lord. Your glory, Lord. Your glory, Lord. 